What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Oh, the horn is Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a someplace they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Got a family. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Young Lady Packers playing against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. I. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is Dave uh, riding solo again, but we're going to cover some topics. This is episode three, if you will, and sort of our catch up, look back and look forward. And uh, episode three, a little bit of an inflection point, but a little more probably look back than look forward. You know, two topics. Now, look, I'm going to call this the grab bag because I've just got sort of a couple, couple loose things that I wanted to spend a little bit of time with. This one, you know, we'll kind of bang through this, but uh, a couple of things that this, this, this is going to be a little dated. I'll be kind of candid with you on this, but uh, it's a little bit about recruiting and uh, it's a little bit about uh, something uh, that I like to call the player draft. It's uh, looking at all the players that were on last year's team. And, uh, and maybe if you could draft them back onto this year's team, in what sequence would you do that? And I always thought that was a cool topic to do uh, around the NFL draft. So you kind of got, you know, uh, the the concept there of the draft. Uh, at any rate, we'll run through these and, um, you know, call it call it an episode. Like I said, this will probably be a little quicker than what we've been doing. But, uh, you know, I want to spend a minute talking about the uh, recruiting class of 2018. Uh, this class was ranked uh, at, the, at the time, and that's kind of funny, at the time it was ranked seven, seventh nationally. And it was the first time that at least it was the first time yeah, since 2000, was it 2008, that that at least one of the services didn't rate it number one. And uh, interestingly enough, we just picked up uh, Ali, our Brandon Cahoe, or Ali Cahoe. Uh, we just picked him up in the last, um, you know, week and a half, depending upon when you listen to this. And so that officially, because he was a five-star that went to Washington, didn't enroll, yada, yada, yada. And so he could still go somewhere and, and play immediately. We picked him up. And um, and so that bumped us up to the number five class. So uh, <laughs> saving saving will not be denied. We're going to have a top five class, damn it. And uh, and so we still do. Um, I, I tell you what, this this year, uh, this last recruiting cycle, there was the split signing period, uh, which was the first time uh, college football has had that. Uh, basketball has had it for a while, uh, but uh, an early signing period. But this is the first time. Um, uh, football's done it. And so there was a signing period in December and then the traditional, I think first Wednesday in, uh, in February was there as well. And I think there were not just on the Alabama staff, but I think, uh, across college football, um, there were different ways to play that. Do you go after guys really hard in the first signing period? Uh, you know, do you fill up in the first signing period, uh, knowing that some of the, you know, the studs or some of the big fish, some of the big dogs are going to purposely wait for the second uh, signing period. Do you fill up? 
uh, not wanting to miss those guys, but then not to have a chance to get, you know, more than one or two of them, if any, uh, or do you, do you let people sign early somewhere else in hopes of getting the big fish, uh, late? And so you could miss and you could miss bad, uh, you know, because some of your fallback guys that you might, and it, on a single signing day, if you don't get the five star, you may have a couple of four stars on the line that you can go get. Well, if they sign early and the five star is not going to sign until late, you miss that opportunity. And so um, it is a different game. The recruiting uh, approach is a different game. And so different coaches approach that differently. You do it once, you see how other people do it, you get a feel for it. And uh, I think. Alabama and Coach Saban and the coaching staff will get better. The co- we just ha- we just did an episode where we talked about the coaching staff and a real turnover in the staff in terms of youth and quality recruiters. If you look at, and I'm not necessarily picking on anyone, but Dayball, uh, Dayball, he was a is a, an NFL lifer, and so in his first sort of foray in college football since he was a GA, you know, 20 years ago, he wasn't going to be a headline recruiter. That doesn't mean he couldn't be if, you know, if he wanted to stick around in college, but that wasn't what he brought to the table. Uh, Carl Dunbar is another uh, example. He was an NFL lifer and, and jumped in and, and coached a couple of years at Alabama and it, recruiting. He didn't sort of grow up coaching and, uh, and recruiting. So that wasn't his, his strong suit. And so you get a couple of guys like that on the staff and it can really sort of weigh disproportionately. You can get away with one. You know, I've got a Yoda over here that can coach the hell out of ball, but, you know, maybe he's not the best recruiter. Okay, we can make that up with youth across the the staff. But the more of those guys you have that are not just natural recruiters, it's going to hurt you. And so I think the staffing turnover, uh, I think it played a couple of roles. Uh, you know, youth, energy, all of that impacts recruiting. And it's certainly going to invigorate uh, Coach Saban. And I'll tell you this, Coach Saban has not found a recruiting signing process that he hasn't been able to master. And so if falling back to seven or falling back to five um, is is truly a fallback, you know, I could line up, you know, coaches and programs that would that would fight for that. And uh, I think that um, and then, uh, you know, all the articles um, is this going to, is this the demise? Is this, is this the beginning of the end of Saban? Well, you know, I guess one day that'll be right. Uh, much in the way that a stopped clock is right, you know, twice a day. If you say it every day, then one day you will get to be right, but you're going to be wrong a lot. And saying that that's the, that's the end, um, given all of the other evidence, uh, boy, I just think that's nuts. <clears throat> I think there's zero, zero need for alarm. Um, and that's what I have to say uh, about that. And it's, and, and, you know, and Saban, what's he need another challenge for, right? You know, he's definitely going to step up and and prove that, uh, that he's all right in, in the recruiting. Now, all of that said, it's a darn good recruiting class and we'll step through, I'm not going to step through everyone, but I'm going to step through, you know, a couple of the key, uh, key, you know, jump out, jump off the page, you know, guys that, that I have and, um, and it will kind of call it from there. But, um, you know, we recruited real heavily at positions of immediate opportunity. You know, we got five cornerbacks 
and we'll talk about when we get into the 2018 season. But we recruited five cornerbacks in this class at a position of need. We picked up Savion Smith, a JUCO with size, 6'2", 192, uh, who has an, an opportunity to be an immediate contributor. Patrick Sertain, or Sertan, you know, his, his father played in the NFL, I think, for 10 years, and I heard his name pronounced both ways for the duration of that. So uh, I need to pick one and stick with it, but I probably won't. And if you don't like how I pronounce names, and I've heard people get on to me about that, I apologize. But uh, I think Patrick, um, number one quarterback in the country, 6'1", 192. Uh, he's going to be hard to keep off the field, and we'll talk about when we project out for uh, – the 2018 season, what uh, what we think he's going to be able to do for us. Uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, David Palmer moves. And if you're an Alabama fan that's been around for more than a minute, uh, you have gotten tired of hearing that. Uh, if you're an NBA fan or not, how many times have you heard he's the next Michael Jordan? He can be the next Michael Jordan. Well, there is no next Michael Jordan. Kobe came close, but he still wasn't. And, um, you know, and, and, and so David Palmer is Alabama's equivalent to who's the next Michael Jordan. And so Jalen Waddell is, is, uh, is the guy that, uh, you know, they're saying he's got Palmer-esque moves, uh, in the wide receiver and slot. And, and there's an opportunity for him to contribute there. And all reports out of fall camp, you know, suggest that as well. You know, Slade Bolden, I, the more I kind of sort of think about it, uh, I think at the time I thought he had a shot at the slot receiver. Uh, I think uh, if you would ask me literally today, uh, I think he's more probably more probable uh, that he redshirts, but you know there's potential opportunity. I think on the um, I think Ayabi Anoma, and and again I'm going to work on some of these names, but uh, Ayabi Anoma, the number one defensive prospect in the country, uh, coming out of uh, Maryland. I think he has an opportunity to come in and play a Tim Williams type role in this team. And I think this team is especially suited for needing someone to play that kind of role. So uh, we'll talk about that when we get into, into fall uh, Jalen Moody uh, depth and rotation at a uh, position of need middle linebacker. Uh, we need at least one of Christian Barrymore or, uh, uh, Stephen Wynn to step up. They're both about uh, 6'6", 6'5", uh, 290. Uh, we need at least one of them to uh, to take some – suck up some snaps. I think it's probably Bearmore. Uh, Wynn has suffered uh, uh, an injury and is going to be out for a couple of weeks. So I think if it's going to be either of them, it's going to have to be Christian. Uh, Jerez Parks, gray-shirted last year as part of this recruiting – uh, class, I think he has an opportunity uh, to step up at an outside linebacker spot. It's again a position of need. Uh, back in the uh, back in February, when we did the recruiting, I thought Emil Ekior, uh, uh, and I'm I'm butchering that last name. I know he's a four-star center, and that's a position of need. And I thought he might have an opportunity, but I don't think that is the case now. Let's talk next year. But uh, I think that he probably redshirts this year, and we'll talk about offense and in the offensive line and how I think we have that base covered. And then Skylar DeLong, we'll talk more about him um, when we talk about special teams for the season, but certainly a position of need after J.K. Scott was, you know, the punter of record for the last four years. Skylar has an opportunity to come in as a true freshman and um, and just follow suit, um, which is is a high bar. 
but uh, he was certainly a highly ranked punter, so he has an opportunity to uh, to step in and play well there. So I promised this. I, I, I think I teed it up in a uh, prior episode. I promised the player draft, and um, every, I'm, I have been excited about this as a concept. You guys will have to tell us, is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? I have been so excited about this idea for the last several years. I swore we were going to do it this year, and then we didn't. And, um, and, and it's looking back, the players that were on last year's team that are going to be drafted into the NFL, uh, or at least move on in their careers. If you could draft them back onto this coming team, who would you draft in what order? And so that's, and so it has, you know, the, all the flair of talking college football and Alabama players, as well as sort of the context of the NFL draft. Uh, where you look at not only talent but need and where where are those opportunities? So I don't know. It's always been an idea that I've sort of kicked around, and so I put together a list, and um, I put together a list, and I'll I'll sort of spin through it just real quickly, and um, and then you guys can tell, hey, is this a good idea? Should we spend more time on something like this in a future off season and uh, such? And so. Um, and I'll be honest with you, this is a list that I put together back in the spring. So might be a little dated based on what we're seeing in camp, but I would go number one, I'd go Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's a leader and certainly the secondary is a position, uh, position of need. Uh, I marked at the time, uh, number two, Ronnie Harrison, again, a position of need, you know, he played safety. I don't know that I would put a safety that high right now, but, uh, you know, he'd be, if not two, he'd be sort of three or four. Number three, I've got Deron Payne, just super skilled. He is built to be uh, a defensive lineman, and uh, certainly we talked about him in, in the national title game and what he contributed. If we, if he's a player that we could get back for, you know, a senior season, I think that would be phenomenal. Uh, I sort of bookended four and five, and I put Levi Wallace and Anthony Averett. They're both talented, both a little underrated in my mind, and darn if it's not a position of need. And I think if we could have, you know. I'd be happy if they both were back on this year's staff, uh, on this year's team. If we could have one of them back, then I think that would give us some stability in the secondary. I mean, we lost six guys in the secondary, unheard of. And so any of those guys back would uh, would be of value. Uh, number six, now I would definitely move this guy up based on what's happened in camp. But Sean Dion Hamilton, his experience in the middle <clears throat> is phenomenal. And I wish I had the numbers. I, I wish I'd made note of the numbers. But there was a stretch his his last two seasons at Alabama, uh, there was a stretch where, well, we lost you know one game, two we lost three games, and um, over the last over the last two seasons, and with and I, and and so whatever the record is, twenty eight and three or you know twenty seven and three or whatever the whatever the record is 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 itself a phenomenal record, but. We were five and three in games that are four and three in games that Sean Dion Hamilton didn't play. So think about that for a minute. You know, we lost the the Clemson game when he did not play and then he got hurt. I have to go back and look at it. I'd, I'd done the research at some point in time. But at any at any rate, all of the games that we've lost in the last three years, Hamilton was out. And I thought that was pretty phenomenal. Uh, and so I would move him way up and he's having a good go of it in uh, Redskins camp. Love this kid. I hope that uh, he has great success, but he's a player that I would definitely move up in the prob- probably top two or three right now based on what we're seeing in camp. 
I've got number seven, J.K. Scott. Man, I have always been so bullish on this kid. His impact to the game, uh, I think, is outstanding. Um, I think if we could have him back for another season, <clears throat> you just couldn't turn turn it down. I've got eight, Calvin Ridley. And <laughs> I haven't read this since April. The note I have is, have is that it's criminal for him to stay on the board as as low as he did. And of course the irony is he stayed on the board for a long time in the NFL draft. But if you look at the receivers that we have on this year's team uh, is as talented as Calvin Ridley is the position is not a need position like other positions. And so, you know, that's, that's sort of the thought there. Uh, Rashad, uh, Rashad Evans, he's a player that I would move up as well. Uh, middle linebacker. And we have a need at the position, you know, Bradley Bozeman, I would love if he could have returned, then the line could potentially uh, remain intact. I think there's value there, but I like the way the line is gelling. So at number 10, I probably, if I redid this, I would move down Bozeman. Uh, at 11, I've got Deshaun Hand, just his experience. And I still say untapped potential uh, in this kid. I don't think that he topped out <clears throat> at Alabama in the way that uh, that he could have. Uh, and so more opportunity for him, I think, would have been good. Uh, number 12, Cam Sims. Super clutch, more, much more clutch than he's even appreciated for. Um, so that's, I've got Cam Sims at 12. Uh, at 13, at Hootie Jones, just experience at, uh, at a position of need. 14, Tony Brown, experience. And in special, play, uh, special teams is really where I would value uh, Tony Brown. Uh, 15, I've got Josh Frazier. I might move him up a little bit uh, uh, based on some of these other guys if I were to re reorder this now. But just defensive line, you can't have enough depth and rotation. Uh, Bo Scarborough at 16. Again, kind of criminal that he's that far down. But who do you take the reps from? Uh, and we'll talk about we'll talk about that. 17. Robert Foster, just untapped potential. Uh, he had a, a, a huge combine. And um, I think he has a lot of talent, never really sort of came to fruition. Injuries, I know, played a role. Uh, and then 18, and so we're going 18 deep here, which is a lot of players to lose. Uh, 18 is J.C. Hassenauer. Probably could bump him up a, a little bit. You know, he, you could argue uh, that he could have been our starting center this year. And put a pin in that thought because I'm going to circle back and I'm going to um, – I, I kind of got a counterpoint uh, to that that we'll have fun with when we get to the also the uh, offensive offseason show. So anyways, those are a couple things that, uh, again, you know, you guys are often reaching out to us for opinions on things. These are topics that a little more dated could have gone without recording these, but I thought, you know what, there might be some people that have an opinion uh, or want to hear our opinion on these types of topics. So let me leave them in and uh, you know, you can always fast forward through, um, you know, if you didn't like it. Um, but that's what we got there. Hey, if you have any questions, if that stirred up some topics that you want to spend time with us on or want us to spend time with, you know, definitely, definitely email us, Alabama Football Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, uh, Alabama Football Podcast on Facebook. Go to iTunes, subscribe. So that uh, we come into your uh, your uh, player as soon as we release. So subscribe and then give us a rating and uh, give us a review. And so active reviews and five star ratings help us and now give us authentic stuff, right? 
But, you know, you talk about ratings, five star ratings and reviews help us in the search engines and help people find us. So if you like us and you want other people to find us, that is an easy way to do that. We love the comments that we get. Uh, I want to do almost there's a lot of comments that we've recruited over the summer. I almost want to do a comment show to give the shout out to the the folks that have left us, you know, such kind words and messages. It's just humbling and flattering. As much as I want to go through those, I want to go through them with Tommy on the line. So, so he hears, uh, and we can both, uh, sort of comment on that, but, uh, you know, leave us a comment and we'll share those on the air. Uh, again, we really appreciate you folks following. We appreciate you reaching out. We appreciate you uh, being fans. And we are super excited about entering our ninth uh, season doing the the podcast, just a hobby that Tommy and I sort of kicked up. And uh, we appreciate that you guys and gals uh, appreciate us. So with that, that's another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.